0: He's a River Valley radio broadcasting legend. He's a radio great across the state. He likes to try it loud, but you might recognize him from Try It Quiet. Sharp Dunaway is on the spotlight next. From the beautiful latest building right here in downtown Russellville. We welcome you into the spotlight. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Drew Brent. And if you're in the market to buy or sell your home, you need to give us a call today. It's 479 968 5668. Cruise on over to RussellvilleLiving.com. Alathis Realty ready and willing to serve you with all of your real estate needs. I am so excited about today's show. This is a guy I've been wanting to talk to since we started the show. Sharp Dunaway is on the spotlight. What is up, brother?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. That's what's up. I really, I, you know, I, I. Is there ever really a good answer for the question "What's up"? I mean, and, you can say "What's up," and I remember my three-year-old daughter back in the day. Somebody would say, "Hey, what's up?" and she would go,
0: "That right? What are you, a moron? You don't know what up is? That's up, right? Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> like." Oh, I mean, it's also, it's kind of the same, it's along the same vein of when you see somebody you know in Walmart and you say, oh, hey, how's right. it going? You anticipate that they're going to say, oh, fine, how are you doing? But then they actually tell you <laughs> what's what's happening.
1: Hey, dude, how are you doing today? That.
0: Well, pull up a chair and I'll tell you all about it. Do you really want the answer? Right. No, I, I, you know, sometimes I do. I try, I try if I ask that question to be prepared for somebody to say that, but nine times out of 10, I'm caught off guard. Oh, I, I. You always ask that question and sometimes wish you didn't. Yeah. I mean,
1: because people will tell you. There are people that have told me the answer. And I've been sitting there for with them for about an hour. And they're going, here's my life story. Here's why right. you shouldn't have asked me, how are you doing today? Exactly. But I guess it's human nature to care about
0: your common man, to care about the other guy. I would like to think that it's human nature. But there's a that's an existential question that we can dive into at I've, some point. I've learned to be careful who I ask the question to. You know that's interesting because you know the 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 ordeal that my wife and I have gone through through the last year we have learned a lot about questions that you should ask and questions that you shouldn't ask mm-hmm. and we we'll dive into the broadcasting side of this here in a minute but have you noticed that in the middle of like turmoil people will inadvertently ask you the dumbest questions or they will tell you the worst possible thing i've made a living out of that <laughs> When, when Jamie first got diagnosed, we ran into a lady that we knew at Walmart and she said, well, you know, I just, I believe that you're going to just be, you're be fine. And, and, and I said, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That's really encouraging. My husband had something similar. He didn't. My husband had something similar and he was dead in three days.
1: Like, oh, nice. Nice. That's encouraging. Uh, my my <laughs> problem is people, I have a friend of mine that has cancer mm-hmm. and, um, and he's going through some really, really bad times. And one person says, you got this man. We know he has it. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst thing you could say. You got this. I know what they mean. They mean you can handle this. You can get through right. this. But I think at that point, you got this is not what you should say. What do you think you should say? Um, You're
0: better than this. You're stronger than this. You're going to beat this. But not you got this. Well, does that not, though, lend inadvertently to a question within their own minds of, what if I'm not better than this? I mean, we just walked through this turmoil, this trauma thing. I was like, mm. is that better or worse? <sighs> Man, I don't
1: know. This is heavy conversation. Can how did can, it start? we how did talk we start about here? dogs and cats and <laughs> rock and roll?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is what happens when you get two former radio guys <laughs> in the building. They, it, they, it will start existential, it will go to rock and roll, and somebody it's will start. Getting ready to get stupid. Right. <laughs> it's exactly right. Um, I'm excited to have you on here because I, I remember listening to you. Um, in my beginnings, mm-hmm. I started in the business in 2004. How long, how long, how long did you start in radio?
1: I started at magic one Oh five in 1988. Um, the short form of the story goes like this. I got kicked out of the broadcast center in St. Louis and I came down to Arkansas. My parents had just moved to Conway and, uh, I came in thick and military tail tucked between my legs, moved in with mom and dad. And then I, Tried to get a job at UCA just just to be on the, the, the college radio station, just for fun. And they said, no, we don't have a spot, but Magic 105 is hiring. And then they laughed. <laughs> Magic 105 is hiring. You're going to get a job at Magic 105 after you tried to go to, for the UCA radio station. Well, I got my job at Magic 105 doing part-time mornings. I was the guy when people came up to me and said, uh, you're Sharp Dunaway? And I said, yeah. And they're like, never heard of you. I said, try this on precise. Now back to reeling in the years on Magic 105. Or now back to Dr. Demento. I was the guy that just ran those shows on Saturday and Sunday morning. Right. I'd do a weather forecast and then say now back to the show. Well, I sent Broadcast Center a letter back on Magic 105 Letterhead said as I would now the 6 to 10 a.m. DJ on Arkansas's number one rock station. And um, they sent me my degree in broadcasting.
0: And that and a nickel gets you a nickel. Well, that I don't have a similar story as it pertains to the degree side, but I do remember when I started, there was a program director at River Valley Radio who is long gone now. He's not even in the area, but I won't I won't mention his name still for for, for namesake. I bet I know him. I bet you do. Um, I bet money that you do. Um, he called me into his office because I I just gotten a job as a board op slash trash taker outer. That was, that was my whole gig. And, and I was just hoping to God that somebody would miss a shift because that was, that was the agreement. I could, mm-hmm. I could learn how to voice track if somebody misses a shift. <laughs> you so, want that, you want that star player to go down. Right? Exactly. You're, yeah. you're, 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 the backup quarterback, hoping to God somebody gets mm-hmm. injured. And, and so finally one weekend, somebody did and I got my opportunity and I don't know if you did this, but when I did it the first time I went over the top radio voice like the really stupid Oh my god. The the thing that you think when you start in radio what you're supposed to say. All right, you're listening to soft hits, yeah, one hundred point nine. And and like and it was so dumb. It AM sixteen twenty, KSMO. I'm Sharpie D. Oh, even. that
1: was my cheesy radio name, Sharpie D. Sharpie I'm D. I'm gonna get for that
0: now. Thanks a lot. I was DJ J D. Yeah. That was not nearly as bad as Sharpie D. But <laughs> thanks. Hey, listen, <laughs> we're being real here, man. I He calls me into the office, and he says, listen, this business is all about an it factor. Some people have it, and some people don't, and you, you don't have it. You need to consider another, another line of work. Mm -hmm. You're not ever going to make it. Two months to the day later, I was hosting a show on The Buzz.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Two months later. Yep. Because it made me so mad. Like, I'll show you That's what you need. And then I sent him the air check, and now he's no longer here. So... Um,
1: I had a general manager for, uh, I don't don't know what what the name of the company was. Um, It was Magic 105 was under it. Mm -hmm. But the general manager looked me dead in the eye and said, you don't have a future here. I was part-time at the time, and they said, you don't have a future here. You're never going to make it in radio, um, and you're never going to be a full-timer here. Well, then I bumped into overnights. Then I bumped into nights. Then I got into afternoons. And I just eased my way up. And I just, I'll never forget the time that he said, I can't. Now, I wonder if he was using that as a ploy to say, you can't, I want to inspire you to do better. Right. Or was he just being evil and mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I know that in the end, um, I ended up doing every full-time position at Magic 105 except middays. Ended up doing the morning show, uh, did afternoons, nights, overnights. Worked my butt off. I mean, paid my dues. And I think that's what's missing. If I can get on my soapbox. Yes,
0: we can talk about this.
1: <laughs> I think that's what's missing in today's radio. There's A, not a platform for young talent to, um, uh, to learn the ropes and to pay their dues. Um, there's, not a, uh, there's not a way, a part-time, there's no part-time jobs in radio anymore. If no. there are, they're, 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 they're board-op jobs. There's really no, There's really no future in being a part-timer in radio because you can't
0: hone your craft. And then, it, And I think that's what's going to be the demise of radio. You know, it's interesting that you say that, too, because now, when even when I started, which was 17 years ago, it's not really realistically been that long ago, but even when I started, um, there wasn't YouTube yet. There wasn't Facebook yet. You still had to run the board in order to just get your shot. You mm-hmm. had to grit your teeth and you had to cut your teeth and, do and, and, and pay all the dues. I took out trash um, uh, in Jarrett Jackson's office. He didn't ask me to. That's not who Jarrett would, would <laughs> be. But I'm just hoping that somebody is saying, look, I want to be on the radio. The first time I ever got on air um, was because a Russellville Cyclone ball game was in delay. And I had to say that. And my mom and my brother and everybody calls me and was like, we heard you, you've made it. And they're like, never do that again. You know, <laughs> never, ever do what you did again. Just play music, leave them confused. Don't ever get on the air again. But it was those moments that, that put us on another level. Right. Now you start to see these kids who have, who can create a podcast with, a couple of USB microphones and whatever else. There's so much content out there. You say it's the demise of radio. Could it also be the renaissance? Oh, it's, it's, podcasting is the future.
1: Um, doing what we're doing right here, right now is the future because people can watch this show when their time allows. It's not just on and over like a TV right. show or a radio show. It's, I mean, it's appointment like, TV. Right. So I think that, yes, it is the slow, it's a transition. Um, you know, when Not to get sappy, but when my mother passed away, they always talked, they, they gave you this book and uh, the Pospis people gave you this book and it was a book that pretty much told you about the story of a sailboat and how the sailboat goes over the horizon and you don't see, the sailboat's still there even if you can't see it anymore. So it's representing the passing away of something. Just because it crosses over the horizon doesn't mean uh, it's not there anymore. So technically what we're seeing is radio, the boat's going over the horizon to podcasting, in my opinion. And I think that there's, we all have a TV station. YouTube, everybody has a TV station. With with just a couple of mics and a recorder, everybody has a radio station. Everybody now has a way to broadcast. And is that a good thing? Who knows? I've seen some people that have no business being on on microphones. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe I'm one of them. But, the, um, but I just think that, yes, I think that um, it's sad to say I'm a, ter- I'm a ter- hardcore believer in terrestrial radio. And it saddens me to think that it's going away. But um, I think it's time is numbered. And I think what we're doing here and uh, the fact that you can get your music from Spotify, you can get your music by just saying, hey, Siri or Alexa, play this um, faster. And you don't get a DJ saying, my trademark line. I'll try and get that on for you. Oh. <laughs> and if I ever said that to you, I'm going to apologize for lying to you right now. Right. <laughs> no.
0: Did you? Yeah. I, you you tried to get them on there, right? Oh, I tried. I tried. I tried. Look at the playlist. Whoop, Wasn't there. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just not in the catalog. I yeah. don't have a, I don't have a cart for that yet. Yeah. They,
1: they, and there was a reason. There's a, there's a reason why for those of you that aren't radio savvy. There's a reason why, and I'll talk to the camera right here. There's a reason why they do that. And that's because you don't want to have these songs played, you know, over and over and over again during the course of a day. If you're playing a no repeat workday, well, it's easy to have a list. You want to have a list. Right. And it makes sense to have a list. Um, Also makes sense to have a list. Now, looking back on it, that the music I like might not be the music you like. Right. And if it's so one-sided that I... That I like Frank Zappa. You might not like Frank Zappa. If I play Frank Zappa all the time, you're not listening to me. I'm more of a Def Leppard guy. Yeah,
0: that's fine. Me too. Right. Me too. I mean, I'm, I'm an 80s rocker. I can tell. Yeah. I, there's, there's a whole... It, it, have you noticed there is a weird transition among old radio people? Not even old so much as just former radio people. Seasoned. Seasoned. Maybe that's a better word. <laughs> um who just have this inerrant need for an audience uh-huh. when we're terrestrial radio. I mean, even being back on carve in my limited capacity for this company and for Dardanelle Sand Lizard football there that scratching an itch that mm-hmm. that I've had since I was a kid. But there's so many there's so many people's I mean like like you you you've got a great band you're playing at TCS and everywhere all the time. I've got a band front street grill, November 19th, front street, go check them out. Hey, I'll come, I'll come hang out. that will be fun. Um, And, and I've got a group that we play together some. And, and I just noticed that, that the seasoned radio people that you have, that you say, uh, all seem to have this same common trend of just needing an audience. Here's my question. I know we need an audience. That part's easy. What are we trying to say? What are you trying to say? What am I? I'm not trying to say
1: anything. Trust me. If you've ever listened to my show, I'm really not saying anything. I always tell people don't don't believe a word I say unless I say tornado warning in your neighborhood. That was right. the only thing on the radio that I think anybody should have taken anything that I said on the radio to heart with. Uh, and there's a lot of people that say, "Man, you got me drunk all Friday night, man. I, I played your drinking game and at a drinking game, somebody called me up and they said." Sharp, we know exactly who we're listening to. You say your name too much on the radio. You need to shut up and play some music. And I went, I'm okay with the message. The message was, shut up and play some more music. Great. The way he said it, me off. Right, exactly. And so I turned it into a drinking game. I said, okay, here's the deal. If I say my name once, you got to take a drink of whatever you're drinking. If I say my name three times, you got to chug whatever you're drinking. Now, I did disclaimer that with... It can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. You can be doing this with sweet tea if you want to. Um, and so all on a Friday night, we called it the Sharp Donaway drinking game. And I would go, Sharp Donaway, drink. Sharp Dunaway, Sharp Away, Sharp Dunaway. Chug. And then you had to chug. Now, if you caught the three names going out, uh, you, had, you got to not only make chug, but you got to make a rule. If you're going to say, hey, three, you got to make a rule now. So the rules for your particular party were different. And some people just called me up Monday and said, you got me plastered, man. I was like, I didn't get you plastered. I, you got yourself plastered playing the game. I don't know what your home rules were. Right. But um, but that was memorable and that was mm-hmm. different. And that's the one thing that I wished um, any, anybody going into radio or, or podcasting or anything like that, just do something special. Do yeah. something that sets yourself apart do something that that hasn't been done and done before um you know going and saying hey this guy did that i'm gonna do that now you know that's that's copycatting
0: do something make it your own no matter what you do you know it's interesting you say that too because i would say that everybody's got some kind of influence though you're not necessarily copycatting but you can clearly see that somebody has tommy smith's one of my favorite radio Mm -hmm. people and, and and his career is winding down, and, and it's a it's a sad day in Arkansas radio that that's happening. But for the longest time, I heard the criticism of him was, well, he's a poor man's Howard Stern. But I never really I never really believed that that was the comparison. Although I do think he drew some he drew some influences from that. Who are your influencers? Well,
1: my influence, if you want to go to the early days, um, there's a DJ in St. Louis on KC95. His name is John Hewlett. He's the, uh, he was, he's the U man. Okay. And, um, I missed an opportunity to meet him. I was supposed to go to St. Louis. I reached out to him. I said, man, I'd love to get a picture with you. And he said, yeah, cool. Just meet me over here. Super nice guy. I just said, yeah, just meet me over here. And when you're at KC 95, that's the station that I, my dream station. If KC 95 called me right now, I'd come out of retirement, go back to radio. I would go back work part time. I'd wash toilets just to just say to I be work there. at KC 95, um, but, but the Casey staff, I mean, Radio Rich Dalton, this is going back to St. Louis now. Mm-hmm. And then you come to Arkansas, you know, obviously my mentors were Tommy Smith, Tom Wood. Mm-hmm. Tom Wood's the guy that gave me the chance. A 20-year-old punk kid that just got kicked out of broadcast. He didn't know I got kicked out of broadcast right? center when I applied for the job. <laughs> but, but he gave a 20-year-old punk kid an opportunity from St. Louis. You would think that he would want to stay local instead of finding that kid that just came from St. Louis. Um, But he gave me the opportunity, and uh, it took me six and a half years of part-time to work my way up the ladder. I mean, people say, I remember you from 1992, 91. Yeah, I was part-time. But it's what I was, and this is going to sound arrogant, and I don't mean for it to, but again, I want people to learn. It's what you do on the radio with what you have, with the time you have. Um, A friend of mine told me that there was a meeting at 103.7, K-Rock back in the day. Back in the way day. Uh, even before Lincho. They they said more people know who Sharp Dunaway is a part-timer over at Magic 105 than they know who a lot of the people were on 103.7 when it was a rock station. Right. I got offered a job there, too. And um, that was the beginnings of me going to overnights at Magic. I kind of had to tell Tom, hey, I got offered a job at 103.7. He said, whoa! And then... That's, back to the train up, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so that's what happened and uh, but yeah, I believe it's what you do with the time that you're given on the air that separates yourself and don't be afraid to in the pool.
0: But well, Even going into that though in the pool. Well, b- before that. <laughs> um, you know, you say don't be afraid of what it is that you do on the air. But I still think that goes back to every artist has mm-hmm. a story to tell or right. a picture oh, yeah. to paint or or, or one, one message that they're trying to get out. And even though you say, "Hey, I, I told people, you know, unless it's tornado warning, don't ever believe anything that I say," you still have a message. Was it just to, was it just to entertain? I was for entertainment
1: purposes only. No, please, no wagering. Yeah. Um, my, my goal, my motto is: laugh with me, laugh at me, just laugh, just laugh. I mean, I don't. I don't really care. I'm not the kind of guy that really takes too much salt in what people think about me. Um, if you catch me on a bad day, you're going to hate me. If you catch me on a great day, you're going to love me. Um, it, it depends on which version of me you get. Um, I try to stay in a good mood, 24 seven. Right. And because I believe that, you could, positive, is way healthier, than um, the negative. Obviously. So I wake up every morning trying to be, but I'm a chameleon. If you show up in a bad mood, if you came in this room and go, Oh, I got to do this interview and I'm just miserable. Let's get this over with. Well, then I'm going to be a chameleon. And that's what I'm going to give you in return. Right. You throw positivity at me. I throw positivity back at you. It just becomes one big positive orb.
0: Right. Just (laughs) a
1: Yeah. So, um. So that's that's what I that's what I try to be. I I try to I try to make other people smile and um, and maybe that's my purpose in life. You know, I don't really I, I and now that I've gotten out of radio and gone into videography, I get more satisfaction of making other people famous. Yeah. And being behind the scenes. I don't care to be in front of a camera anymore. I'm a drummer. And I go on stage and that's fun but I don't care to be the guy that people go to see because I'm Sharp away. I want to be seen because I'm a drummer. Yeah. I want to entertain
0: you. So overall, smile, be entertained, laugh. I, I find that interesting, and I want to revisit that in a moment. Were you the class clown? Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um,
1: I, I, I was the guy that I have head injuries. Uh, self-inflicted head injuries. Uh, I would, I would be the guy just to impress the girl because I played hockey too. Okay, and I would go down the lockers and I would bang my head into the lockers just to impress the girl. Well, a lot of your
0: one- on-air content now makes sense. Yes,
1: <laughs> but there's this one locker just so you know it's not a locker. It's it's the color of the locker, but it's actually a support beam behind the locker. Oh my god! And so I'm going bang locker, bang locker, bang locker, bang support beam lights out and i didn't fall down but it was lights out for a couple of seconds and i mean i don't know i was never a violent guy i was never a fighter you know i'm 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 a lover not a fighter because if you ask my wife i can end loving a whole lot faster than a fight
0: we're not gonna ask her that (laughs) (laughs) you can
1: she'll tell you the truth yes (laughs) this is what happened this is how it happened right um but But again, I was, and if that's class clowning, that was when I thought I needed the attention. Um, Radio gave me the attention that I sought after and then taught me that I didn't really want it. Um, It's kind of amazing that if you see me go out, I don't go out. People think I'm the most arrogant guy in the world. I feel like being approachable gets me in trouble because I enjoy it when people come up to me and say they listened or they, they appreciated what I did or they appreciate my work of any kind. But, and, and some people would dare to say that I am was arrogant. Some people say I'm arrogant today. Um, just yesterday, I walked out and uh, threw a, another bag into the trash can before the trash guy got it. And um, and he actually came out and talked to me. And and I, he didn't know my name. And I just said, my name is Sharp. And he goes, oh, like the celebrity guy that used to do radio? And I went, huh? yeah, that's me. And, yeah. and, and he was like, no way. And I went, yeah, I hate being called a celebrity. I hate it when people call me for celebrity quote unquote things. Um, I'll be happy to
0: support your cause. I'll be happy to anything, but gosh, I can't stand that word. I was on a show recently, a podcast recently as a guest, and I don't do those very often. Um, but they said, they introduced me as, um, Local broadcasting legend. Mm. You did that to me when we initial the show. Yeah, I did do that to you, and I was flattered, but, but I was kind of like going. But you, but see, here's the here's the difference. There's nobody in the world who is good at what it is that we do that I think could honestly hear somebody say that right. about them and be comfortable with it. Right. You know, I was immediately uncomfortable with the idea of anybody saying that, despite the fact I've got you know I'm in my mid 30s. I've got. Nearly two decades in this, so I mean, okay, maybe there is a little bit of a name there, but not, not enough mm. to warrant anything like that. And, and some of that's definitely overdrawn and overblown. Do you? But even 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 still, even as uncomfortable as it can be, isn't there still a little part of you that's like, okay,
1: oh yeah, yeah. Well, There's yeah. always going oh yeah, yeah. But but this, you're only famous to the people that think you're famous. Yeah. You ever thought about that? I mean, because the people that think you're famous, the people that, that that you've impacted their life, you're famous. You don't have to be a radio guy, a TV guy, or any kind of media guy to be famous. You could be famous because you did something, just anything, because you, because you uh, got this many f- cereal boxes donated to a food drive, and you're le- a legend because you do that every single year. Right. Somebody's going to think you're
0: famous for that.
1: Small town famous. Small town famous is real.
0: It's still famous, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's real. And um but I just believe that if 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 you think I'm famous, thank you. If you uh, if you think I'm a celebrity, thank you. But I don't look at myself like that. And everybody says, you know, what keeps you anybody that's seen has seen the humble side of me, which I try to try to reflect a lot. You know, they say, "How do you stay humble?" And I say, "Well, I've seen myself naked." <laughs> and and uh, that'll do it. I promise you.
0: I promise you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not hiding anything you want to see. It's like, I know, I know what I am, and that's the that's the other thing too. Is you know, I, I noticed from an early age that all I wanted to do was be in broadcasting. Uh-huh. Funny story, um, while well, other kids who, who were my age back in the late 80s we were watching Barney and Sesame Street and all of that to go to sleep my mother would record episodes of 2020 because I was obsessed even at three years old with watching the news wow and watching broadcasting and watching there was just something about it and I never could really put my finger on it until recently where it was I was always drawn to the idea of being able to a captivate an audience but be somehow with what it is that you're saying, you're enriching their lives. Now, I saved a the- life once. Go into
1: that. A guy called me up and said, um, I want to hear Freebird. I'm about to kill myself. And, um, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pull that trigger for you. And if Freebird happens to be on the playlist, I'm dropping it. I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. Well... He was obviously drunk, and um, he called me like a week later and said, man, I was out of my mind, and if you'd have played that song, I wouldn't be here right now. And, and there was another time that somebody did, and this is the heavy stuff you, do, you don't see in radio, somebody did kill themselves. And uh, they called me, the, sh- the sheriff or something like that, called me directly, said, we traced the phone number back to a Magic 105 request line, and you were the last call he made. And that's heavy stuff. I mean, I, I, I hate it when that happens. Um, but you talk to a lot of people that you don't know where their minds are. Yeah. And, and they're your friends. I mean, they're, they're the people that call in. Now there's enemies out there too. There's people that don't like you. And, um, and I made a living off them. I, I had no problems putting the people that didn't like me on the air. But, um, but how you treated, it takes two seconds to, to treat somebody nice. Takes two seconds to treat them like a jerk. Uh, takes two seconds to make somebody love you forever or hate you forever. How you use that two, those two seconds are up to you. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of times, you know, Tommy Smith, for example, gets a bad rap because he says, "Hey, how you doing?" and then walks away. Well, he's busy. He's got things he has to do. People get angry because you just can't make the time to sit there and talk about.
0: You know, and and that's the thing everything. is I. I I experienced a little bit of that when I was coming up in the business mm-hmm. because I came up, I came up a little bit differently because I, I started, you know, as I mentioned in those humble beginnings as a trash taker outer, as I like to say, right. but within a year, I was at channel seven. It did not take me long. Um, part of that was grit. I mean, honest to God, it was, I was a sophomore in college. They didn't hand out internships to sophomores. I. I excelled. They gave me one. And the first thing I did the first day mm-hmm. was I got a list of every single job opening that they had. And I picked the one that I liked the best. And I said, I'm going to learn how to do right. this job. And I got hired. Uh, Sully, Steve Sullivan, hired me as his sports producer the day my internship ended. I, I mean, I was still in college doing this job. It's It's funny. You keep name dropping people. And everybody you've name
1: dropped. Just the cream of the crop. Yeah. They're the top. They're the the best at what they do, and super super great people, super nice people, super
0: approachable people. Well, the guy that got me in, the guy who helped me get into Channel Seven, the guy who gave me the best advice I'd ever gotten in broadcasting, was Paul Eels. Oh,
1: the legend! Right now, now, that's when legend
0: goes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, th- he. I, bef- I mean, weeks before he died, I had the opportunity to meet him and. And by the way, I don't mean to name drop. It's just kind of part of our history. Um, but I did, I did, kind of what you were talking about, the whole celebrity says, I was overwhelmed. I was, I was 19, working with these people that I had watched on TV my entire life. Mm-hmm. And now I was a colleague. That's at least how they told me I was. But I didn't view myself that way in any way, shape, right. or form. So when you bring up Tommy, I only worked with Tommy a handful of times. He couldn't pick me out of a lineup. But he took some time while I was at the Buzz to show me something. Or if mm-hmm. I had a question, he he was there to help. It wasn't so much that he couldn't spend the time with you. He just had, he had a lot of other stuff going on, like you said. But there's people behind every single one of these people.
1: I believe there's a little ADD involved in that, too. I mean, he wants to go to the next thing. Yeah. And that's, that's what his morning show is based on. You know, Let's talk about this now. Let's go to the next thing. Um. But going back to Paul Eels, Paul Eels was, uh, I don't think
0: i don't think he ever felt like he was a star or a celebrity. He was just Paul being Paul. He said to me, don't, because I, I told him, I mean, you, you fangirl when you meet a guy like Paul Eels. I mean, I get teary out even thinking about it because I, I met him and I said, sir, I want to be just like you. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do play-by-play. I wanted to be in sports broadcasting. That's what I wanted to do. I said, I want to be just like you. And Paul freaking Eels says, yeah. don't be me. Be better than me. Yeah. And there is no better than you. But he even said, I heard him say this once. He said, I'm at the twilight of a mediocre career. And there's not a single person who came up in broadcasting in the last 40 years in this state who would have ever said mediocre career in Paul Eels in the same sentence. No way. No one would say that. No way. Even he did.
1: It doesn't matter who says touchdown Arkansas. At that particular moment, your
0: voice just switched to Paul Eels. Yep. So, yeah. Um. Even, even, I mean, Chuck Barrett avoided saying touchdown Arkansas for the first couple of seasons he did football just because he knew the impact of that. Mike Nail, for the one year that he did Arkansas football in between Paul and Chuck, he wouldn't say it. What did they say? We well, he said, that's an Arkansas touchdown, or he would, he, would try to, he would try to get around it. And I remember even there being a conversation because Channel 7 still had the Razorback Sports Network at the time. And I remember Dokes and everybody kind of talking about the fact that, you know, nobody's saying touchdown Arkansas. And, and I think it was Scott Inman who was in the room. He's like, who could? Right. Who could? You know.
1: <clears throat> well, even if you say it, the inflection of Paul Eels is there. You, yeah. can't, you can't say it. I can't say it. Paul Eels locked that into. our says we can't go because if you say it, it's you can almost lock it into Paul Eels saying it in a game. Touchdown, Arkansas! You can't say it without sounding like Paul Eels. Even
0: now, in Dardanelle games, the signature is touchdown Dardanelle, and I ripped Paul Eels right off because I add an O oh my to it <laughs> as an homage, as yeah. an homage. That's a tribute to my hero, you know. And you just you. That's, I mean, th- there's something about that. And I think even going back to what we were talking about earlier, that was what I was wanting to do right. in my life. The way that when when we would turn the TV down and turn Paul up, watching Razorback right. football, those moments with Dad, and those, that's what I wanted to create for people. The most famous, oh, my,
1: your opinion, Paul Eels, George Ha <laughs>
0: The most famous is George Takei, but the better ones, Paulie. Yeah, I agree. It's like there's no one can do the oh my oh my <laughs> like George Takei. <laughs> yeah, let's edit that out. No, okay. no, we're keeping that in. <laughs> we are t- keeping that in. We are talking to Sharp Dunaway here on the spotlight. Can't believe we're already almost out of time. When we come back, Sharp interviews me. Stay with us. More on the spotlight right after this. We welcome you back into the spotlight. As always, presented by Olathe's Realty. If you're in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today. It's 479-968-5668. Cruise on over to russellvilleliving.com. If you've missed any of the spotlights, always go back and check out the Facebook archive. You can also check us out on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And also catch us every Friday morning at 8.30 on AM 16 and 93.1 FM. That's K-A-R-V Radio. We are talking to... The living legend, Sharp Dunaway, mm-hmm. which I know you already hate. We talked about it again. before we get into what I teased before the break, which was you could ask whatever. I want to talk about a couple of meet and greets that oh. you've had. <laughs> I want to bring this up because you, the, your career, your career deserves to be discussed. There's a lot of there's a lot of conversation that you a lot of stories you could tell. I, I I'll bring two up.
1: One is, uh, I'll start with Ozzy Osbourne, and then I'll get to the good one. Sure. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne went backstage, met him, uh, and he's signing autographs. And it's, it's this limited edition CD. This was the No More Tours tour in 1992, I think. And he's signing autographs. To Bob, best wishes, Ozzy. To, and the next one comes from, To Drew, best wishes, Ozzy. To Barbara, best wishes, Ozzy. Two, what's your name? Sharp. Two sharp. And Ozzy looks up at me, and goes, "What kind of bleeping name Mm -hmm. is Sharp?" (laughs) And so that was. And anyway, so we are at Brighton school. He was going to name his next two after me. That's one of the things. But but what kind of bleeping name is Sharp? That was the Ozzy story. Uh, The other
0: great story too.
1: the, The other story was meeting Eddie Van Halen. And meeting Van Halen in general, 1991 at the Pyramid Arena, um, we go backstage and Van Halen walks out. And Van Halen to me is like, just I get the shakes when I was thinking about Van Halen. This is this is my band. Yeah, um, it was it was kind of like right there of course them and Kiss. But when Van Halen walks out, I knew that everybody was going to bum rush Sammy, and everybody's going to bum rush Eddie. So I went for Alex being a drummer. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say I had a conversation with Alex. Now, all this happened inside of 60 seconds. But to me, it was forever. Um, So I walk up to Alex Van Halen, and I just start, Jabber John, Jabber John. Hey, Alex, you're my favorite drummer ever. Hey, man, I love you, man. You're the best drummer ever. (laughs) And I get a tap on the shoulder. And I turn around, and I go, hold on a second. And no sooner do I do that, Alex looks at, if this is me now, Alex looks and goes like this over my shoulder. And he's looking at Eddie. Who tapped me on the shoulder. And I turned around and I went, do, do you, he, you know who you are. You're Eddie Van Halen. And I shook his hand. And I'm like, you just tapped me on the shoulder. You're Eddie, you're Eddie Van Halen. And I'm shaking his hand and I'm just just gripping it. And Eddie looks at me and goes, ah! I don't, oh! Eddie. Right. Obscenity. And I said, I just broke Eddie Van Halen's hand. There's 15,000 people here at the Pyramid Arena going to kick my butt. (laughs) So Eddie does this. Shakes his hand off. Puts his hand back down and proceeds to give me his best grip. And... I didn't care if it hurt at all. I'm trading grips with Eddie Van Halen. This is the best day
0: of my life. That's a sweet story. The, the, the best part about that is not the fact that you traded grips with Eddie Van Halen. It's that you told him to hold on before you did it. I didn't know it was him. That's still so good, though. I think that's better. <laughs> and then it's like, it's one of those movie moments where, you know, there's somebody that's standing behind you. He's like, no, no, wait a second. It's like slapstick kind of the, in an old Mel Brooks kind of a spot. Yeah. That's what it reminds now, me of. I
1: hear, I hear the people that knew Eddie, though, said that was his character. He, he didn't, he, a lot, like a lot of people, didn't see a rock star inside of him. Right. He saw a musician. And um, and so when I turned around and said, hold on a second, he held on a second. He waited. Right. He's he still a person. Patient. He's still a person. And and I, didn't, I-, I thought it was some who knows who. Right. And I was just, I, when I turned around, you actually paused and waited. And he was there waiting for me when I turned around. And I, I, I was stumped. I was just like... I'm still just talking about it right now. I'm stumbling over my words because, uh, you know, that meeting with Eddie Van Halen, some people are afraid to meet their idols. And I, I, I take it past legend. I take it past Eddie. I'm a drummer. And Eddie was an idol of mine. Yeah. And uh, and when you get to that point, <laughs> it's, you're afraid to meet them because you're afraid of what going to what's going to happen. Yeah. You could leave hating them. Yeah, how they again? They're two seconds. How they use that two seconds? It, it
0: changes. It changes your your mm-hmm. perspective on people. I get sure. chills just talking about that story. For sure, that I, I, I love that story. We're talking to Sharp Dunaway here on the Spotlight. I'm honored to have him in the studio with us. I thought it might be fun to spend the last five minutes or so going back to your broadcasting roots a little bit. Mm. Toss some uh, toss some questions my way. If I were on your show, okay. All right. what would I be experiencing right now?
1: We're live with Drew Brent right now from Alithis Media. And question number one—that was terrible. That was terrible. That's why I'm not on the radio anymore because I can't even <laughs> intro anything anymore. No, that's good for a cold open. So, tell us about what you do. And one of the things that I thought was kind of cool—a friend of mine, a mutual friend of mine, Ryan Harmon. Uh, name dropper. Well, <laughs> I got to name drop the big ones, right? You exactly. know, I only name drop the big names. Right, Ryan exactly. Harmon, Jeff He's Allen. Such- You know, but, uh, but you, uh, but you, 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 obviously your main, your main objective here is real estate. Yeah. And what's cool about it is, is that what Ryan told me was that you're not selling houses. You're selling Russellville. Yes. And I think that's kind of cool. Um, so tell us more
0: about your, tell us about all of this connects with real estate. If somebody is coming to, and I don't sell houses, by the way. Um, I'm not a real estate agent. I am the marketing guy. So I think according to the rules, I have to say that if I'm answering any kind of questions about it. If you're buying a home somewhere, the first questions that you're asking are not how many square foot is the house that I haven't looked at yet. You're asking, I've got kids. What's school look like? Mm -hmm. What's the crime rate look like? What's there to do here? Who are the people I need to know? What does my life look like in this new place? If somebody's coming to us to buy a house, then I don't have to sell them a house. Nobody here has to sell them a house. Right. They've already bought the house in their mind. The question now becomes where they buy the house and who they buy it from. Because they've already purchased it in their right. mind. So the idea is I sell two things. I sell Russellville and I sell our people, our agents. These are You need to work with these people and you need to work with them here because this is the base to be. And it's an easy job to do because I love these people. Mm-hmm. I truly do. But I also love the city. More than almost I mean, more than I can actually really even adequately articulate. I, I don't really know I, I, I couldn't really explain it beyond the fact that it's home and there's something there's something special about Russville. Right. There really I mean you worked here. I mean and and I, your experience was was different in radio here than, than mine was, but but still yet there's just something about this area and I want everybody to know about it. There's something about the River Valley. I didn't
1: even know about the I didn't know the river valley was a thing until i started to bring uh, until rich moellers called me up and said hey you know would you like to come up and start a radio station we'll name it after you okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i came up and we um and we did it and and i learned about the river valley and what the river valley was and um i was here for 14 months and um and you're right it's special up here um you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of, I'm an eater, you know, there's a lot of, there's, Same. A, lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of good eating up here. Um, so, but, but you're selling Russellville because you're, you got a passion for it and that's what you're doing. That's your job in the media of this, uh, mm-hmm. of this business. And I think it's really cool that a company has invested all of this. I mean, if anybody sees all this gear, I mean, I'm looking at tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment yeah. and that's investing in yourself. And I've always said uh, that if you're not going to invest in yourself, why
0: would you ever think somebody's going to invest in you? Exactly right. That's, well, I mean, that's the whole, the the whole idea behind this is you're, you're making the single biggest purchase of your entire life. You're going to do it here. So if you're going to do it here, we're going to make sure that your experience Mm -hmm. is out of this world. It's, it's, It's so many times when you hear marketing people talk, they recite the same talking points over and over and over again. I don't do anything I don't believe in. You shouldn't have to sell something.
1: No. The, the word "sell" should be taken out of. If if I have to sell you on this watch, okay? If I have to sell you this watch, you're probably not gonna buy it yeah. because I'm gonna tell you. I, no, 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 no. You you don't have a watch on. You need this watch. No, you don't. Maybe you don't want a watch. Maybe you have a clock over there on that wall. Maybe you have your phone. Right. Maybe you don't want to wear anything on your wrist. If I've got to convince you, which is selling, to buy this watch, you're probably not going to buy it. Yeah. But if you look at me and say, man, Sharp, that's a hell of a nice watch. I want that watch. What's your price? And then you're a buyer. Then, then this watch has sold you before I even had to sell you.
0: And it's got more value
1: in it. Right. So, I mean, I, I always tell people that I'm not a salesperson. But you put the person on the
0: hook, I'll pull out the net. Exactly. I mean, and it's... it. I also thought, from a marketing standpoint, we've only got about 40 seconds left, so I'll make this quick. I also always thought that there is enough of the negativity in just the grandstanding of the media as it is, mm-hmm. that putting something out that's positive is enough to say, "Hey, we're going to do something good here. You know The business has to reinvest into the community. I see this as a public service. We're talking to the mayor. We're talking to the county judges. We're talking to Ryan Harmons and Sharp Dunaways. We're talking to movers and shakers and the people who are doing big things for one reason. These are the people that you need to know when you get here. Mm -hmm. These are the people that you need to know uh, uh, make and shape Mm -hmm. this area. And when you get here, you can feel like you have a a leg up and a foot up to know that, hey, this can be my home. Yeah, That's what I'm thinking.
1: I agree, hundred percent. And that's the, the whole moral of this whole one hour has been positivity. Yes. And that's the main thing. Stay positive. Stop trying not to. I be positive around me. I'm positive back. Don't be negative. Please don't be negative because right. I'm the worst at that.
0: Yeah, same. I'm sure. terrible at negative. We got to do this again. I'm in. Right, we haven't we haven't even scratched the surface of the stuff I thought we were going to talk about. <laughs> I'm. I, what are you doing tomorrow? I'll be back. Uh, you know. What am I doing tomorrow? Fall Fest. Fall Fest is tomorrow. Of course, by the time that this airs, Fall Fest will have been long gone. That's the beauty of uh, (laughs) TV, folks. Sharp, thanks, man. I appreciate you. Let's do it again. Let's do it. All right. Thanks so much. That's Sharp Dunaway. And this has been the Spotlight. Thanks so much for joining us today. Remember, if you're in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today. 479-968-5668. Cruise on over to RussellvilleLiving.com. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.